Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets so that you can be on top of your coaching game. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Do you think the trust tank on your campus is running a little low? If your answer is yes, Sydney and The Whole Educator both understand that building trust between coaches and teachers can be tricky. So we got together to help listeners develop their skill set with a toolkit that will help you on your journey to grow trust and impact this school year. As a special offer for listeners of Coaching the Whole Educator, Sibme is giving away an opportunity to use a Sibme coaching package for free for the remainder of the school year. Go to sibme.com front slash TWE to learn more. Claim your free coaching package and start filling the trust tank today. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello and welcome to this episode. I am joined with Amanda Andrews, who is an MTSS instructional support coach at a middle school. And the really incredible thing about her is that she was a graduate of the Whole Educator Academy and has really soaked up the work. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her because she took it years ago. We're talking years later what stuck. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. So my first question is, and I've known you since you first started this position in an elementary school, right? Yes, that and, is correct. And I remember when you moved to middle school, it was a different ball game. Oh, it was total culture shock. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I taught first grade for years and that's the only grade that I ever taught. I taught it for 12 years and then I moved into MTSS in elementary school. And I thought at that point that fifth graders were the scariest thing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Middle schoolers. And little did I know that a few years years down the road, I was going to switch to middle school. And I absolutely love it. I feel like I have found my niche and my home. And and I am so happy that I made that career move. I remember when you made that change to middle school, it was a shock. And I would love you to share what that was like to, to be, you weren't necessarily a new coach, but you were definitely at a new school working with brand new everything, right? What was that like for you? So, I mean, I left elementary school feeling pretty competent and feeling um, confident in my skill set and feeling like I knew, you know, the answers, if not the answers to a lot of the questions, I knew where to find the answers. Um, And in middle school, that completely changed the landscape for me uh, because I didn't know who were my people. I didn't know um, who were my support people that I could that I could lean on. Um, I also, you know, getting used to middle school teacher personalities is very different from elementary school teacher personalities. And if anybody has ever spanned the um, the the two you totally know what I'm talking about (laughs) because secondary teachers don't have time for you know, for, for silliness, for fluff, 
for anything. Um, for the most part, you know, they are very nice people, but they want it. They want the information. They want the information fast. They want to be able to use it and they don't want the fluff. So um, that was, I would say, probably the biggest shift um, mm-hmm. and just kind of changing my style a little bit. Yeah. Of how I approach things. Yeah. So I would love to hear what did you feel like at the time that you made that shift? What were you doing well and what were you not doing well or what was not going well? So I, um, when I came in, there were a lot of structures in place, a lot of MTSS structures in place, which is basically my work, right? Like, so I coach system, uh, I coach schools and teachers around how to use and build systems to work more efficiently and to make our school run efficiently and to make it to where all kids are getting what they need. And so I fell back on relying on structures and being kind of, kind of fitting myself and my role in a box and trying to just pick up where the previous coach had left off or pick up where I felt like my admin wanted me to pick up instead of kind of being able to take a a breath, see what is around me, immerse myself, you know, basically I got thrown in the deep end and had to learn to swim pretty quickly. So I, I was really focused on being more rigid, I think with my meeting structures and felt like that I needed to, to give off this air of competence to teachers because I, I guess I was afraid that they would eat me alive if if they saw that I may not know you know exactly how things work in middle school. I knew I knew how things work, just not how they work here. And so that first year was COVID. Yeah, that was a COVID year. So we were doing everything virtually. Um, and trying to build relationships and meet people virtually is a really hard thing to do, especially whenever you are a in-person, like an in-person relational person. That's who I am. I like to be around people. And so, so that was, that was probably the, the hardest thing was being able to show my vulnerability. You know, and I, I feel like people listening can relate to that because everyone listening moved positions at some point, right? From classroom yeah. teacher to coach or and school leader, right? And it's like, we have stress responses mm-hmm. um, and they're not necessarily like cool and calm and relaxed. <laughs> no, and you, you don't want to fail. Um, mm-hmm. I also, like many educators, have some slight perfectionistic tendencies <laughs> um, and I expect a lot out of myself and I expect myself to get it right the first time. And if I don't get it right the first time, then I then I find myself beating myself up. And I am very reflective and I will change, you know, if something doesn't work, I will definitely change trajectories and I will pivot. But, you know, I think letting go of a little bit of that perfectionism too was something I had to to battle as well because there was so much. There was so much new that I just had to I had to let that go. Well, I just want to highlight something beautiful that you said. You naturally love to be with people, right? And you're so yeah. good with people. You're so good with people. And um, <laughs> and you you have this natural quality of like pivot, then pivot, then pivot. And you and I have created many structures together when we were coaches together, right? Of like, yes. we have a problem. We're going to create this structure that's going to solve this problem. So, I mean, I think being reflective is is something that you have to do in a coach's role. You cannot go in with a set mindset saying this is how it's going to be. And this is my way or the highway. You have to be ready to think on your feet and to think critically about what's happening in the moment. Um, it's, it's a lot like being in front of a classroom. You know, if, if things are, if you're losing control of your classroom, you have to be able to pivot there too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's exactly it. Um, and I, you know, I just, I, I love that you, you went in, you had your stress response. You were like, okay, we got to like really, you know, pull this tight and look like we know what we're mm-hmm. doing. 
And then eventually you realize, hold on. I have this beautiful Mm -hmm. strength of building relationships and I need to intentionally do that, even though it's pretty hard during the pandemic. Right. And I realized because I got some feedback that I internalized as negative feedback after my first big meetings with, with the team. So we have these team meetings and I meet with all the teachers and we talk about the children that we're worried about. And, um, and I got feedback after the very first meeting, which I'll be honest, in elementary school, you can go months without being (laughs) negative feedback from someone, but these middle school teachers, they don't care. They're like, um, this did not work for us and we need to change this. And my first gut reaction was to take it very personally and cry a little bit inside and, and be like, oh, they don't like me and kind of put that value on it of like, they don't like me. They think that I'm incompetent in this position. But then I realized that the best thing I could do was to build trust, right? Because we couldn't build a relationship via Microsoft Teams during a structured time. It's not like we were going to be able to go out to dinner either and have like off-campus time together. Mm-hmm. I had to build relationship by by showing people that I was open to change and that I was open to their feedback. I was open to what they um, what they needed, but by them telling me what they needed and me changing my structures mm-hmm. to fit what they needed. And after that, it was smooth sailing. I was like, oh, well, I think I just gained a little credibility there by by showing that I will take your feedback, I will listen to it and internalize it and cry a little bit. And then I'm going to fix my, you know, fix our agenda and we'll do it better the next time. Yes. Wash your face and <laughs> show up <Yes>. again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And I want to say like, everything you just described is a perfect example of operating under a growth mindset. That's what it looks like. It's messy. It's, it's not, oh, yeah. it, it's not like some recipe of, you know, how, how we can somehow get it right, which is literally the opposite of growth mindset. It's, uh-huh. it's messy. It's, it's, I got feedback. Huh? I have some turmoil in here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. I come out the other end and okay. After I've processed through some things, I'm willing to take it. I'm willing to improve. I'm willing to show up again and again. Absolutely. Yes. And like 90% of my job is throwing out ideas and seeing which ones stick, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially for kids that we're trying to solve a problem for. And I, I think that in itself, because I do that every week (laughs) and and I throw ideas and not all of them are going to work. Um, Not all of them are going to stick and help this kid, but, but you can't go crawl in a corner and cry every time that you were wrong about something. You have to go ahead and move quickly because there are, there are kids that need help. There are teachers that need help. And I don't really, you know, I don't have time to wallow in it. Yeah, I get that. One thing I'm thinking about is we could talk about, um, I remember from your program when you distinguish fact and interpretation, Uh huh. it was, that was such a big aha for you. And I don't know if you, sometimes when we distinguish things, it, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't re- like quite remember. It's like this fuzzy memory, but we're changed yes. forever. Yeah. Do you remember? Yes. yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I have used this phrase a lot of um, putting on a lens, you know, mm-hmm. putting on some different lenses and, and, um, and thinking about the lenses that other people view life through. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I go into like a crucial conversation, kind of a moment, or when something in a meeting turns you know, very quickly and, and I have to react. I have found that I have, I have started to build into my reaction repertoire, I guess, uh, is thinking about the lenses that this person thinks things through. And, and sometimes, sometimes I react in the mm-hmm. moment and then I have to go back and reflect on that and think about, okay, 
what is this person seeing this situation as? They're seeing this as a 28-year veteran. They're seeing this as um, someone who's only taught, you know, one grade level for 28 years. They're seeing this as someone who is close to retirement and doesn't know what they're going to do. So they probably have a lot of anxiety around those things. And, and it's it's kind of like telling a story about what's happening or what I think their story is mm-hmm. or what I think that what I'm interpreting based on how they're reacting to me or how they're how they're coming at me. And then being able to, I mean, I mean, really at the end of the day, it's just seeing the human behind that, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that they're human just like I am. We see things through different lenses. I see things through the lens of efficiency and equity and inclusivity and, you know, making sure that that everyone gets what they need. I love that. And I know you're really, I've seen you in action. Like you're so good at that. Like putting yourself in their shoes. It's, but it's more than putting yourself in their shoes. It's really asking Mm -hmm. yourself, how are they thinking and why are they thinking that way? Right. 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 And, and also not, and not putting a judgment Mm -hmm. on it or or a value, like, or a value judgment on on what it is that they are, um, or what their reaction is. It, it's really just being able to look at it a little bit more analytically mm-hmm. and not so emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's helped me out a lot. Yeah. No, it's, it's a great skill that you have that not everyone has developed yet. And I will tell you, it has, it has grown over time, but I definitely felt something really shift after my course mm-hmm. with you was I don't take things as personally as I used to. You know, I think back to myself in the classroom, even I, if a kid behaved badly, I took it personally. I took it as a huge affront. They must not like me. Why do they not like me enough to behave in my class? Instead of looking at it and saying, what does that kid need? You know, that mm-hmm. kid is lacking or is in search of what, mm-hmm. you know, from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was spending all this time thinking about myself when really I needed to be thinking about them. And I think the more I've done the work of MTSS, but also the more that I've done the work of coaching and the work of thinking about my coaching mm-hmm. and trying to train myself up better to be a better coach, I take things a lot less personally and much more solution oriented or just, it's not even really assuming positive intent. It's, it's assuming that the person's intent is serving a purpose for them. So let's dig deep and think about what purpose is that serving for them? Yes, I love that. And, how really, can, yeah. and then how can I get them to come over to my side? <laughs> yes, well, yeah, but it's meeting their humanity with your humanity, right? right. And right. the only way that you can do that is that you've done the work first. And like actually intentionally thought about how I approach problems, mm-hmm. how I approach the people who present me with those problems. <laughs> and also I think, separating out um, the person from the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, thinking about their humanity, they themselves are not the problem, right? Mm-hmm. They come with lots of problems. <laughs> and it's also not my job to fix all their problems. However, within the realm of my job and what what I need to get done, right? Like, I don't need anybody to be to stand in my way to keep me from getting my job done. And if I can help you with working out a problem in the meantime, then that's great. Um but at the end of the day, always seeing them as, a, as another human being who has wants, desires, needs, just like I do. And theirs may run in tandem with mine or they may go against mine. But sometimes just acknowledging it <laughs> yeah. helps you get along with them, helps you at least smile at them in the hallway, right? That's always. a common ground. Always. Right? I want everyone listening. Always. There's always, we are all humans. We're all humans. Yes. We all have things in common. 
We do. can always find a common ground, something that we agree on or something that we both think is awful. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. yeah. if that's, if that's where we have to go with it. Yeah. And I, I just want to caution coaches when you're thinking about building relationships, do not have the only thing you do be leaving cutesy gifts and candy in their uh, mailboxes. And that's it. That is not building relationships. It's fun, but it's not building relationships. No, no. And I will tell you, so, so, um, I do, I will say I do use food as a lure mm-hmm. and I have, I keep a treat basket. <laughs> so we have these teacher treats that mm-hmm. they live in my room. And so people will, it becomes the natural watering hole, right? Like mm-hmm. people yes. come and they say, oh, I need some chocolate today. Or, oh, I have my coupon for a teacher treat. Can I trade it in for some rice, a rice Krispies treat or something like that? And nine times out of 10, we wind up having a very deep, mm-hmm. per, like personal, whether it's personal or it's it's intentional about a kit, you know, it's a, it's a very deep conversation about something that we wouldn't have if we just were passing each other in the hallway, right? Mm-hmm. So leverage location of where you keep your treats, <laughs> right? <Yes>. Like <laughs> leverage, leverage, you know, when people come to your room, use that as an opportunity to get to know them better, but also to listen because that's really, if somebody enters my door again, nine times out of 10, maybe they do need chocolate, but a lot of times they're needing something else. They're needing <laughs> to vent. They're needing advice on how to approach a certain problem or the, to need to know the location of a resource or something like that, that yeah, they could email me. Right. But might as well come to my room, and get a piece of chocolate too. So. <laughs> yes. I love that. Be some chocolate and a laugh food. and some Yes, be strategic. Come on. Use everything to your advantage. And if you're looking for professional development on how to impact resistant teachers, check out the links in the show notes for live workshop opportunities. And until next time, just remember don't treat people the way you want to be treated, treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.